This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live Hi, not everyone. lukewarm. It's Deanna Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast, and I am excited today to have with me Christina Simmons from the uh, website Say Yes to Holiness. And today we are going to talk about her new book, Say Yes, Finding Purpose, Peace, and Abundance in Your Daily Life. So welcome, Christina. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, I, I, you know, we've had conversation before and I've always enjoyed them. So I was looking forward to today being able to come on and, and talk a little bit more, especially, you know, about my book. So. Yeah, I'm excited about the book. Um, what I like, just even just about the title, right? It's purpose, peace, and abundance in your daily life. So, because that's in the end, ultimately, how we're going to get to heaven, right? How do we live out our mm-hmm. daily life? So, uh, why why did you write this book? Um, it came out of a couple of things. One, my own experience, which I think, you know, all books do. Um, usually it'll be our response, uh, you know, and you being an author, it'll be our response to a need that we encounter either in our lives or in the lives of other people. And it was a combination of both for me. Um, so one of the things that, uh, came about in my own journey was, um, my discovering kind of, uh, the wholeness of what the church gives us, you know, the fullness. I mean, Jesus is the fullness of truth, of course. But he gives us his church in order to help us be able to tap into all of what will help us get through this, you know, human life in, you know, in in the rich and abundant way that he desires for us. Uh, He didn't come to take away life, but give it to the full. And so over the course of time, so I'm a convert. Uh, I became Catholic uh, March 25th, 1989. I was raised Presbyterian. I was very familiar with scripture, loved it, fell in love. Uh, you know, with scripture stories, but I went the route of what I tell many people, um, you know, I went the route of kind of the secular way of where we, I drifted away from God, kind of, you know, became a deist a little bit in the sense of, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a God, you know, but went through that entire phase of there is no God, now there is a God, but it wasn't until I had that personal encounter with Christ Truly, and it was, and I describe it in the book, um, in my freshman year uh, at a Good Friday service. And um, that, that's a great story, too, of how uh, a friend invited me to come. And I always remind people, it's always through other people that usually will come to, to you know, know Christ. I mean, even the first two apostles, you know, John pointed Jesus out to them, to Andrew and John, and then Andrew and John go and get others. Um, But anyway, I I digress. So from that moment of where I I encountered our Lord in that profound way and his love for me, then it became a love affair of how can I get to know you? And then um, because I come at uh, God through my head, through reading uh, in particular, I just dove in. At the time, I was at Marquette University, and I was already majoring in history, and so I ended up double majoring with theology as well, and all of my reading was, you know, I ended up with theology degree, and then subsequently, I've got master's in both, but that was how I was coming at my faith, and it took me years before I really was able to develop 
the plan of life, those habits in my daily life that really allowed me to access all of what it is that Jesus desires for us, um, to be able to find that peace, even in the midst of chaos, like right now, you know, of what's going on. Uh, And the same thing with being able to discern, you know, what is it that you desire for me? What's my purpose? What's my personal mission? And, you know, so it was about learning that, um, all of these different things, but then also it was in beginning my work of spiritual mentorship. So one-on-one uh, with people, because I was involved in ministry, uh, you know, uh, as a volunteer and then also paid, you know, for 20 years. And uh, the last paid position I was in was, um, you know, responsible for adult, you know, formation and spirituality at a parish of more than 2,600 families. And in the midst of that work, it became more and more readily apparent to me that there was such a desperate need for people to understand because they kept going through these programs (laughs) and, you know, it's just like, Hey, read this Matthew Kelly book and do this, or Hey, do this Bible study and do this. And what became apparent to me, not just personally, but then in working with other people was that people didn't know the components of what they needed to be putting into their life so that that way they'd be able to truly live that joy filled abundant life God wants for us. So, um, and it really became apparent in my in my mentoring. Uh, and so over the course of, you know, more than 20 years, uh, and then just seeing the, the need, there's so much anxiety, there's so much uh, depression, and um, I mean, it, there's so much pain and suffering. And yeah, that, that's a part of life. I mean, because we, we live in a, a disordered world, but that's not what God wants for us. And so it was like, it's not, and it's also not hard. And that was the other thing of what really drives my ministry of say yes to holiness is the fact that we are all called to be saints. And Second Vatican Council talks about it when a lot of people have heard of this call to holiness, the universal call to holiness. But for so long, so many people have set it aside going, well, I'm a good person, but I can't be a saint. And it's just like, no, <laughs> not true. God can do anything he wants to do. If he wants you to be a saint, he snaps his fingers. You can be a saint. But the normal way of doing it is that it's a process and it's a journey. And we have to be doing particular things in our lives in order to open ourselves up to that grace to be transformed. So anyway, but kind of long, long roundabout. But it, it really was about the need that I saw. and. Along the way, um, I call it a little bit of my piece of the cross, uh, of that my heart literally breaks when I see people who don't know the love of the, of the Heavenly Father. They don't have that relationship with, with Christ that allows them to be able to move through this world and see all of his wonder and beauty and joy and, and um my heart literally breaks and it was just like, this is so needed right now. And it's not hard. I, I, I say in the book, you know, this isn't, this isn't like mine, rather how I've, you know, put it together and kind of scaffolded it and arranged it, you know, to give it kind of like a, a systematic way of moving through that is mine, but that was all grace of the Holy Spirit too. So, um, but I'm firmly convinced that this is a message that 
everyone needs. And if they say yes to it, they're in you know the title. Um, if we say yes to this, then the world literally will be transformed because we become those living, breathing, wonder-working saints that God has transformed and we're transforming the world and the people around us because of it. So, Absolutely. I think, so it's a couple of things I, I just want to just point out and sure. pull out from what you've said. So one is there was a personal, someone gave you a personal invitation to go to Good Friday services. And so again, it just points out, invite people reach out. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have the answers, but you can certainly be the voice of invitation, right? And I think that's so key in terms of evangelization. And then it comes back to, you, again, there's so much pain in this world, so much confusion, so much anxiety, so much depression. And so much of it is because we don't know our true purpose. And we don't know who Jesus is, and we don't know why he wants to know us right? Jesus wants to know us. And but we walk around thinking, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? How do I get to know Jesus? As if like he's going to come and sprinkle fairy dust, right? There's no fairy dust. <laughs> um, you know, there's holy water. <laughs> um, there's sacraments. There's Jesus. But we have, like, we have, to, what's our part in that, right? We're not, um, so many times I think people think, well, if God wants me, he'll come and get me. If Jesus wants me to know, he'll mm -hmm. let me know. Well, hmm, he left us a whole lot of words in the Bible that are our invitation. And then what's our response? And so would it be accurate to say that part of what you're trying to do in this book is give people a way to respond? Absolutely. Uh, I'm giving people, number one, uh, the awareness that they need to respond. It's not the A, you know, as you were saying, I'm just going to sit here and if God really wants me to do something, you know, he'll, he'll send me a, a, you know, he'll knock me off my horse like he did Paul on the way to Damascus. Um, but rather, uh, we need to have an awareness that we do need to be intentional and say, yes, I am committed to this way of life. I desire to be a disciple um, of Christ. And then what do we do in order to go about trying to become a better disciple? And that's where, you know, um, it, it's a personal and it's a corporate, it's a communal. Um, and that's something too, is that I joke with people many times and say that the experience of Catholicism in, our, in, in the United States in particular is very much a Protestant one in which everyone is much more concerned about okay, me and Jesus, the, the vertical, and we might do the horizontal, but in our normal lived life, the only horizontal that we might experience is going to mass, and even that is a very private experience, and I think that's also why a lot of people have, you know, resistance and problems with liturgical expression and how it should be done when we're together, but, um, but anyway, so I, I lay out Four, I call them the four steps to holiness, and they're the four practices that we need to be about, and they you know, continue. Daily prayer and meditation, living the life of grace, which is frequenting the sacraments, that's the, that's the usual form, growing daily in virtue, and then abandoning ourselves to God's will. 
And there's a lot of different things that comprise those four steps, but they're kind of what you can kind of hang your hat on of where if you're being intentional about these aspects in your life, and then you come to know the characteristics of the saints, all of those were a part of it. And then in addition, there were a couple of others, you know, that, that came into play, like, you know, um, you know, a, a deep relationship with Mary, <laughs> a daily examine, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and, and it's those characteristics that all of them, even though they were unique to them and how they lived it out, but they all were present. And so it's just like, so if we're serious about this call to holiness and saying yes to the invitation that Jesus gives us to come and live his life with him, then we'll be doing these things and striving to do these things in our life. I think it's, it's interesting, you know, when you talked about those four steps, right? So you know, just take, for example, prayer, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important that each day we pray, but mm -hmm. how we do that can look different for every person. And that's mm -hmm. really so important. Um, I, I have always, when I was running programs in parishes, would always be a little concerned when, when someone would come up to me and say, I have the answer, I have the prayer. And if everyone does this prayer, everything will be okay. And I'm thinking, really? How did you figure this out? Because like, there's so many saints and they have different ways of doing things. They, they're all right, right? So there isn't one way. There's, there's many opportunities. And I think, you know, you talked about how did you come to know Christ? It was through your head. You know, in, in the church, we talk about truth. We talk about beauty. We talk about goodness. How do we lead people mm -hmm. to Jesus? Through truth, beauty, and goodness. Not necessarily all three at the same time. And one is not better. Right. The important thing is that mm -hmm. we get to Jesus. That yep. we get to the faith. Yeah. Oh, a a absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I did like that one, that section you had with that, that uh, not the idea, but the ex explanation of why it's, it's a process, not a program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and just oh, the yeah. same thing. Like when you think about abandoning yourself to God's will, that looks so mm -hmm. different depending on where you are in your, in your life. You know, do you have little children? Do you have adult children who don't live with you anymore? Are you married? Are you single? You know, are you um, fighting cancer? Are you, you know, have you just lost your job? You know, um, it, yeah, it, it, it's something where, where that really came to the fore for me was a combination of kind of like yourself. I was in a rule of leadership and what was there were programs. You were encouraged. Okay, come up with this. Um, I was blessed in having a pastor at the time who really emphasized the fact of it's all about coming to know, love, and serve Jesus, and how we do that is going to be different for everybody. And that was a part of where you know I really began intentionally talking to people about uh, a theology, you know, uh, a lived expression of your faith of the head, heart, hands, and feet. And I still use that to this day because it's extremely easy way to kind of give people to be able to 
give them uh, an intro point to what is their most natural way of coming to know God. Um, you know, is it through reading? Is it through intellectual knowledge? Is it through prayer? It's the easiest thing in the world for you to sit down in adoration. Well, that was a struggle for me for a long time. Um, or is it through coming to serve others? Uh, so often our young people have such a desire uh, in, in to go and to serve and to make a difference. And this is how they come to know Christ, um, you know, and, but we need to make that connection for them. And so for processes in mentoring, you know, people and working with people individually more and more, it was exactly that of where it's just like, this person loved the rosary and they loved a particular way to do the rosary. Someone else naturally came to opening up, you know, scripture and being able to study it. Um, but it was in realizing that it's coming and really the church has been telling us for how many centuries, Lexio Divina, um, you know, to sit down and to prayerfully allow the word to enter into our head as well as our heart. And then I joke and say, and it's with open hands that we then are able to receive what he desires to give us. And then we use our feet to go out and to, and to do it that day. Um, but uh, process, it, it all goes back to accompaniment. Um, I mean, I absolutely love Pope Francis for the simple fact that he has reaffirmed what we have known. And I'm really excited about the general directory of catechesis, a new one that's coming out because it, it appears that it's taken everything that we've known for the last 20 years since the last one came out in 97, um, that of all those best practices of what we should be doing and talked about mystagogia, the importance of it. They've talked about accompanying it. They're talking about all of these, you know, of the evangelization that has to happen before we try to catechize. And it's all wrapped in there, but that's all about process. It's all about understanding that this is a journey there's no one way to do this. And what, when Jesus said to his disciples, put out into the deep, he didn't give them a plan. He didn't give them a program. He said, go into the deep water. And if you've ever been on a, on a ship or a boat, you know that the conditions are different every time you go out. So how you're going to fish one day is going to be different than how you fish the next day. Now, does that mean that yesterday's way of doing it was wrong? No, same thing, you know. Um, and in, in the same way, um, when we are thinking in terms of processes, then it really opens us up to allowing the Holy Spirit to work. Um, because it's like, and then it, the language of the church begins to make sense about every particular situation, every parish, every local community is different and needs to discern within its community, then it makes sense. Because yeah, that's exactly what's going on. So what works for you isn't going to necessarily work for us. But being humans, we like the easy way out. So we, we prefer, you know, somebody send me a program. Um, you know, I mean, and, and it's the same thing of where I have to laugh. So like right now, um, my website actually has program on it and I can't get into the code enough. I'm waiting for uh, my, my web, uh, web, web designer, uh, virtual assistant uh, person to go in to change the menu, put movement there instead of programs. And, you know, but I'm going, this is good, 
good humility, um, you know, uh, can't control everything, but it's something where I'm not selling a program either. Right. Rather, I'm trying to open people up to knowledge and awareness about what the process is that Jesus laid out for us already, and the church continues to lay out to us, and you told us every single saint who has come along has given us their particular, unique, unrepeatable way of how it is that you can get to God, to become in transforming union with him, to be that saint. And because we have all this diversity, it should speak to everybody. Everybody should be able to find somebody that you can go, oh my gosh, I can identify with this. You know, I'm a murderer. Here we go. Moses the Black, you know, uh, <laughs> there's something for everybody. It's true. So. It's true. Um, <laughs> so just briefly, um, the three sections of your book, you want to talk about those? Uh, sure. Um, you know, so I broke it down, um, you know, so purpose, peace, and abundance. What, what I came to realize is, is that our purpose all is rooted into our mission. And it's about understanding that we have one. So, and then also uh, I talk about the three levels of vocation and I could have done a whole book on that. In fact, uh, my, my uh, priest uh, friend who, who helped uh, edit and walk through this journey with me, you know, uh, we, we actually had to take a lot out, but anyway, um, but there's three levels of vocation and we in church don't speak of this is that there is that universal call to holiness, all of us as saints. Then there's the state of life, which is what most people associate vocation with. If someone's discerning a vocation, they presume it's to the priesthood, religious life, married life, whatever. Um, but the reality is, is that that's just our state of life and the particular way that we're going to live out what God desires for us to be a model and example of in, in this world in this particular time. And then we have a personal mission, which is as unique to us as it will be to the world. And what that means is, is that everybody matters. There's not some more important people than other important people, but whether or not you live out as fully as you can, how God desires you to be a living, breathing, you know, wonder-working saint to the best of your ability, of course, in this time and place, that that is going to have ripples. And that is going to impact whether or not somebody else can become a saint. Because it's always about people encountering Christ through one another, which then brings them to that encounter of Christ. Then they have a thirst, you know, to come to know him more deeply so that that way they can be filled up with that grace to then go out and to take it to other people. So how do we do that? And that's where these habits, you know, these practices come in. So it was important though, that we needed to get clear on the fact that I've got a mission and I need to say yes to it. I need to say yes to Jesus's invitation to follow him. I need to intentionally do that. Um, and most of the time we go through and we don't give any thought to that and we just go through the motions, but intentionality, bringing the will into service of who it is that we are, that's key. So that's why I began with that because, but once you have your why, 
then it makes it easier to go through and to deal with what is it that I need to do and then how do I go about doing it? And that was kind of that, those components um, that I dealt with then in the second, which is how do we find peace? What are we doing? Four steps to holiness. How do we do it? And I give some things, you know, just as, you know, uh, suggestions. They're not the only ones, um, but these are the ones that have appeared to be most fruitful. So, hey, start here. You know, if you don't know where to start, start here with these. Um, and then the final part, that life of abundance, it goes back to that personal and communal journey. And we were not designed to be alone, but rather we are designed to walk with one another. And there's great wisdom in that. But we have to, uh, number one, realize the fact that we don't have all the answers ourselves and that we need to be turning to um, others. And one of the greatest fonts of wisdom that we have as Catholics in particular is sacred tradition. Why are we not going to look at 2,000 years of the most brilliant minds and people and <laughs> that have come before us? Why are we not going to look at that? And, where's, and one of the greatest gifts that John Paul II gave us, you know, um, you know, a saint, of course, is the catechism. It's all right there, you know. So, shoot, you know, start with the catechism and then go from there. And all the references are in there so you can go deeper on some thought that you're like, hey, I didn't know about that. Um, but then in addition to that is a, uh, to enter intentionally into a relationship with a spiritual mentor or director. And a lot of people will be like, why? I've, I've got the church, I'm being faithful, you know, I'm reading the catechism, etc. And it's that whole thing about the log in your eye. <laughs> it's like most times you don't see it. Um, but someone else is able to then be able to say, hey, you know what you just said? you realize that, you know, uh, so having that person who is also intentionally praying for you and is walking with you is, is key, but that, that's huge. Uh, second is, uh, saints come in clusters. And I, uh, I talk about in, in particular in the book, I talk about the Cappadocian saints, um, you know, in, in the fourth century. And if you don't know them, just go Google it, uh, you know, but Bas the Basils and, you know, but it, it's, uh, but they influenced and impacted the church, the faith more profoundly when you look at what it was that they helped, you know, the heresies they helped fight and how they helped promulgate it. Um, but it all came from um, the fact that they shared about how a woman their sister had been so influential in their faith development. And it was in the context of the family and neighbors that this grew up. But in the same way, we need to be able to have those friendships. And I'm not talking about you sit down, have a beer with your buddy, and there's a place for that, you know, to have, you know, but it's about having those friends who are going to say, hey, we're about becoming saints and you going off and doing these things, that's not going to be helping you and to speak with truth. So uh, it's friendship and then uh, it's heavenly friendship as well. Understanding that we're not alienated 
from those who are in the communion of saints. We're not alienated and separate from our angelic brothers. My goodness, we have a guardian angel for God's sakes. <laughs> He's standing right there and I'm using the he, you can say she, doesn't matter um, because they're neither. Um, but, uh, you know, but it's, they're there to accompany us. You know, when you, when you think about the guardian angel prayer, I mean, what is that? You know, I mean, to guide us, to lead us, to, you know, um, but to be intentional about fostering those relationships. Um, and then, um, you know, we already touched on it about people come to Christ through others and that invitation, but we do that most often through sharing our story of sharing how you got through a difficult time. Um, you know, a lot of people have reached out to me, you know, because I'm recovering from COVID right now. And a lot of people be like, wow, you know, you, you really were trusting or, you know, whatever in your example, you know, and it's like, it's all God's grace, but it's the fact of to share that and how God worked through that, that will then help others be able to deepen their faith and be inspired and encouraged. And so when we don't share our story, I, I contend that we're literally strangling the divine life within us. Um, and so the importance of sharing our story, however little we think it might be, uh, but it does make a difference. Yeah. Uh, why? <laughs> and then Mary, you know? I think sharing our story is really important. Um, and I think it, it reminds people, you know, you, and you said no matter how small, because sometimes people are looking for huge you know, these huge manifestations of, of God and they forget to see him in little everyday things that go on on a regular basis. And, you know, it leads you to think, well, is God really paying attention to me? Because look, those people had these big things happen to them. Well, maybe they needed that big thing, you know, um, and maybe you don't, maybe you just need a small thing. Um, and, and nothing really is, whatever God gives us is never small. You know, it's never a little thing. It may seem a little thing to us, but it's what we need. And he knows what we need. Um, so we need to kind of try to go into the direction of wrapping things up a little bit here. Um, Sorry about that. No, no, no. I, I want to say one thing about your book that I am very excited about. Um, it is a bilingual book. Mm -hmm. So the because I will put a link to purchase the book um, on Amazon. Is that the best place? Yeah, for Kindle. Um, okay. And then, um, you know, it's supposed to be, uh, I've been fighting with the, the publisher. Uh, so it's supposed to be, you know, on worldwide distribution and supposed to pop up on Amazon in the next, you know, next week, but it's just okay. to go. So, so the, but the, so the the book flips one a full mm -hmm. book in English and then you turn it around the other side and yep. it will be in Spanish. Um, exactly. So I think I think that's great. Um, I think that is really great because I know like, like Christina, I also live in a community that is uh, very bilingual um, and huge contingency of Spanish-speaking people who come to our parish, who, who are part of our community. And so I think that's a great thing that you have done there with, with that book, um, Christina. So thanks that you've done that. Um, Not that I could read it in Spanish. I could read it badly. Um, yeah. So I'll stick to reading it in English. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but 
No, I, 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 I gotcha. Um, but it came out of my fifth and quintro experience in my, you know, I, I just firmly convinced that it was necessary in order to share the wealth of what, you know, we have in the English speaking yeah. world right now. I think that's great. I think that's great. So if you could give our listeners one small thing to do uh, for the next week that helps them to say yes to holiness, some small well, thing. It goes back to what you were just talking about, um, you know, trying to become aware of, you know, God in our daily life, and it ties into our Ignatian spirituality. Um, but uh, I challenge you to go and do a daily examine. Now that you might be going, oh my gosh, that's going to, and it's like, no, it doesn't take you more than five minutes, literally, in which it's very simple of where you begin with gratitude. And you look and you see what were the things where, which were, you know, blessings and graces. And you're just like, thank you, Lord, for these things. Then, you know, take a look, you know, at, at your, at your day and just say, okay, Lord, how could I have done better? Um, you know, what were those times when, you know, I could have been nicer to the neighbor or I could have, you know, uh, spoken more kindly to my husband or, you know, were those ways that, you know, I, I didn't really live up to what I know you would have wanted of me. And then you simply just ask for his forgiveness. And then you say, Lord, help me rest tonight. So therefore I can try again tomorrow with your grace. Um, but I challenge you to do that, you know, for the next week, take that five minutes at the end of the day and to do that. And you might be really surprised to see all of the little things that God is giving to you um, and blessing your life with. Yeah. Amen. I think that's a great, uh, a great challenge. And um, as a fellow Ignatian person, I think it's all those five or 10 minutes are definitely time well spent. Uh, and it, it really does help you um, sort of re renew your mind and then just prepare yourself for the for the day for the next day, which is always a good thing. So Christina, anything else you want to share with us today? Before we um, you, you've already shared my, my website, uh, com. Also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and uh, I'm getting ready to uh, actually to launch a walkthrough uh, each day in different formats through podcasts and blog posts and, and uh, videos and stuff. Um, uh, beginning July 31st, uh, St. Ignatius uh, Feast Day is a good day to start a 40-day walkthrough of where it's just going to be short little bits and pieces uh, that will talk about the book and share the message of the book because it's not mine. Um, and it is for, it's for all of us. It's, you know, uh, of the Holy spirit. So I'll be doing that. So if you want to be notified of that um, and to get all the posts and everything, uh, so you know, everything that's going on, uh, you can really simply text. Uh, you can send a text. Uh, to the number 66866, and you just text, say yes to holiness, um, and uh, text, say yes to holiness to 66866, and you'll automatically receive a message saying, uh, what's your email, and then you'll automatically be put on the email uh, distribution, and you'll get notified of everything that's coming up, including uh, when I'm going to be doing special, you know, Zoom meetings and different things like that, uh, you know, and stuff like that. But my website and get on that email list and, and you guys will know everything. 
That is great. And I will make sure that I put that all in the show notes. So if you're driving or walking and couldn't write that down while you were listening, you can just uh, click back onto notlukewarmpodcast.com not and find all of this information. Um, I know that I usually listen to podcasts when I'm walking, so I always have to go back. So um, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. And I hope we'll get to talk to you again soon. To everyone who's listening, our challenge, your challenge for the week is to go ahead and do that five-minute examine at the end of the day. And I look forward to speaking with you again next time. And until then, God bless you and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.